Weird Pals is coming to San Francisco live June 25th, a Sunday, at 8 p.m. at the Endgames Improv Theater, 2965 Mission Street. It is free for the public, so come in and enjoy a wild show filled with audience participation, free prizes, and a ton of Get Song BPM. You'll enjoy yourselves if you come join us June 25th, 8 p.m. in the Mission District of San Francisco. Stay weird, folks! George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. Watch out for that tree! Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Tim. My name is Andy. And we are looking at each other in the flesh. In the f- we're looking at each other in the flesh. I can touch Tim. You are touching my shoulder. Yeah. This is your knee. Yes. We are in the same room for this very special episode of our very special show. Yeah, it's so special, it pretty much has nothing to do with the topic of our show. <laughs> it has entirely to, to do with the topic. Well, I mean, like the overarching topic. Yeah. So, in the little. middle of this lovely album by Weird Al, Dare to Be Stupid, this track is George of the Jungle, and it's not a parody or a. It's not even a pastiche. Pastiche. No. It it's just the theme song again. Yeah. So, what to do? We've brought on some friends, and we're going to do a watch along, which means audience. <laughs> If you, too, have a Disney Plus <laughs> subscription, you can go to it now or whenever you wish to do this. Uh, I won't wait, but you can pause. And then we will all say, three, two, one, play, and then we will do a bunch of silly stuff while the video is playing. We'll comment on the video. We've learned that there's a drinking game. I like that you're calling it a video. <laughs> it's... Um, and not because a, not because a film when, or a movie. Because w- the last time I saw this, I believe I watched it on video Okay, cassette. that's fair. That's fair. That's probably why. Um, would you like to introduce one of our guests, and then I'll introduce the other guest? Okay. Uh, is it my ch- dealer's choice? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, seated to my left, uh, you know her from The Confessional uh, as part of Endgame's Friday Night lineup. You know her from... Tim's relationship. <laughs> I had no better way to say that. It's Justine Sizemore. Hello, it's me. Hi. I apologize for everything I just said. <laughs> I'm a woman and I have my own identity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ally. Yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited. I, I watched this film, I think, at some point in my childhood. Um, I think there was a period in my life where I didn't know the difference between George of the Jungle and Tarzan. That's fair. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be fun to revisit. Nice. And sitting to my right, we're switching. Oh, we have only two microphones, and there's four humans. All right, uh, to my right, sure. You you know him. Yeah, right. It was great. I loved it. It was great. It was your own pastiche. Uh, sure, you've seen him uh, on the Industrial Kitchen Improv Show, and sure, you've seen him perform at Endgames in San Francisco in the Mission District, but most importantly, uh, he and Justine and I were recently at a birthday party that was like summer camp themed, 
and I'm curious, I don't remember how well you did at any of the games, it's Chris Wilkerson. Hi, I, I do have my own identity. <laughs> I see you. Um, I did very horribly at all the games. Which one do you think you did okay at, at least? I think I did okay with the with the bird on the branch, birdie on a birdie on a branch. Is that birdie on a perch? Birdie on a perch. Birdie yeah. on a perch. Can you briefly describe? Actually, you know what? We're gonna f- go three, two, one, and start playing this video, and then you can describe birdie <laughs> on a perch. It has nothing <laughs> to do with this. All right, audience, uh, go to Disney Plus. Uh, Andy, you're gonna need to f- use that remote over there. Okay, uh, and then uh, you c- I think you can hit the that the this magic button. That's not a button. And to get back to the video. All right, audience, here we go. George of the Jungle, 1997. Three, two, one, play. Okay, Chris, what's Birdie on a Perch? So uh, Birdie on a Perch is when you have a bunch of people partner up, and there's someone calling out, kind of like Simon says, they call Birdie on a Perch. And what happens is you you walk around in a circle while your partner is walking around in the opposite direction, and when someone calls Birdie on a Perch, uh, your partner jumps on your back. Uh, vice versa if you're the person on the outside. Now, I said I did okay at that game because my partner, a total stranger uh, from Indiana, if I convinced you're going to be the jumper, was extremely good at jumping very long distances onto my back. And I I applaud that man. Thanks. Um, I'd like to chime in that my birdie to my perch was uh, the lovely Linnea. Um, who is also known as of uh, the partner of Chris, <laughs> but more importantly, uh, she does a lot of really interesting sciencey stuff. I think she does. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand it, but it it's saving the world. Yeah. So it's a it's a superpower. There you that's go. That's what she has. All right, everyone. We've played the video. There's some sort of cartoon thing going on. I actually watched some of the original George of the Jungle cartoon from 1967. Ooh. And we ha- see a flying baby, and the first, the the main, what do we call that? Main build? Top build. Actor's name came up. Brendan Frazier. I, I learned that we all are saying it wrong the whole time. Fraser. 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 Not Fraser of Dr. Fraser Crane fame. Fraser. Fraser. As in, like, he makes phrases. Anyone have any thoughts about uh, Brendan Fraser from your childhood and or from his recent win as an Academy Award winning actor, which is hysterical now? Uh, I feel lied to about his last name for <laughs> my entire life. Uh, I apologize, Brendan, if you, if you ever listen to this. Um, but I just have to say my favorite movie, uh, The Mummy, what, is what my uh, childhood nostalgia was the mummy basically introduced me to what the box office was mostly because i watched at entertainment tonight after school every day because i'm that qu- i'm that cool of a kid uh and they would do a box office report every monday and the mummy made like 42 million dollars which was huge for 1999 yeah so it's like then i would follow like what was the big hit and everything and the money rules, just in general. I'd like to quickly interject, um, as we've already missed one of our drinking rule oh things. No. <laughs> um, so I'm going to quickly, for those who want to play along at home, uh, establish the 13 <laughs> rules of this drinking game. Um, number one. Oh. That's beautiful. 
Um, number one, every time the film switches from live action to cartoon, take a drink. Uh, number two, technically you could waterfall for this one, but drink every time uh, G-O-T-J is mocking slash ripping off Tarzan. That's I feel like that's just the entire film. That's, <laughs> the, that's the basic premise <laughs> of George. Um, three, drink every time there is a crotch injury. Four, whenever watch out for that tree is yelled, drink. <laughs> Five, take a sip every time George does his weird yodeling cry or makes chimp noises. Uh, six, waterfall for, uh, for the opening theme song. We've missed that. <laughs> Retrospective <laughs> drinks. Retrospective? That's not the word. I'm sober, by the way. Uh, seven, drink every time Ursula calls George fella. Eight, sip every time the narrator says something. Every time the narrator says something, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be one. I knew it. I knew it. Um, it follows up. I'd sip liberally whenever this, uh, it's something idiotic. Uh, nine, drink for every different kind of animal. I double it. When this person is going to get a blackout in such a little time. Um, I double it if they're so obviously fake, like George falls on top of a stuffed animal lion right before their uh, fight tickle wrestle scene. <laughs> Ten, sip on your beer whenever Thomas Hayden Church is the worst part of this awful, awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rude, rude It's got some game. opinions on this list. I'm not going to read the rest of that. <laughs> Um, 11, whenever George refers to himself in the third person. Mm -hmm. 12, drink when George puts human clothes on. Society changes people. <laughs> Stupid society. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 13, finally, drink if you would go opening day if this movie happened. And it's got a fun little uh, George Takei poster. I don't know why. Oh, they're like, if George Takei was George of the Jungle, would you go see it? And if the answer is yes, you drink? I guess. This okay. was the first result okay. of uh, George of the Jungle drinking game. That's great. And I've shared it without pre-screening. Excellent. We like that. So we've seen Hayden <laughs> Christian... <laughs> Yeah, instead of the, the Tarzan yell, it's the oh my. Oh, oh my. my. So we've seen uh, Thomas Hayden Church. We've seen Leslie Mann. Richard Roundtree. Richard original Shaft. Richard Roundtree. Um, they're at a campfire, it seems like. And this guy, who looks like he's straight from a rockabilly band. Like he looks like Brian Setzer. I did um, watch the original cartoon, Andy. Yes. I w there are 17 original episodes from 1967. They Just 17? Yep. They aired from September to December, and they were a part of a half-hour variety uh, package. Right. It's from the guys who did Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. And they also did uh, this, like, so George of the Jungle would have, like, a little seven-minute episode, and then it would be stacked up against Super Chicken. Mm -hmm. Don't know anything about Super Chicken, other than it's pretty much exactly like George of the Jungle, except for it's about a chicken. <laughs> and there's another one that's about, like, a, like a, like a, almost like a race car driver, but not really. It's more like a, like a, 
unofficial race car driver. It's some guy that drives fast. His name is... Uh, but not Speed Racer. Not Speed Racer. Tom Slick. <laughs> That's the name. Oh, of this is my show. favorite joke. <laughs> oh, good. That's an ah versus ah humming <laughs> joke. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. This entire movie is new to me. No, I just remember watching it in theaters and losing my mind because it was so good because i was it's so funny and i don't think i've seen it in over 15 years but oh no oh someone just fell off a bridge he's falling off a cliff that is the best cgi for the time (laughs) that i could fathom for how (laughs) to kill a man on a bridge oh he's not dead the narrator said nobody dies in this movie. Oh. Uh, all right, everyone. He's right there. Every oh wait, it, did we do? Did the subtitles just show up for the first time in the world? No, they. This is like the third time. How come it isn't always going? Uh, oh. Right. Oh. Yes. All right, everyone. Pause. <laughs> We're gonna. F- we've all. 818 is where we paused, and we need to find out how Apple TV allows me to get to subtitles. Mm. Nothing happened, so I think that means something happened. Anything. Oh? Oh, we did it. Oh, my gosh. Justine Sizemore. 818. (laughs) I think you can handle it. (laughs) That's incredible. All right, Justine is on remote duty for the whole movie. And the answer is no, we're not cutting any of that out, Justine. (laughs) Why would we? You just made a miracle happen. Okay, Uh, here here we go. Okay, oh, right. We're at 8.18. Three, two, one, go. Can I point out, at this very specific moment, the not only did he not die... But the only injuries he sustained were a mild flesh wound to his arm, his other arm, and his head. Yeah. And there are little little blood stains coming through one of the arm wounds and the head wound. But very, very mild. This man is a superhero in the Disney George of the Jungle universe. Is he super chicken? <laughs> oh. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, the resident racist of this film. <laughs> the um the cartoon definitely has the white um uh, uh the British Empire as sort of the bad guys, but also as the good guys because George of the Jungle gets called in a la um to Commissioner Gordon like Batman, where they like call upon for George of the Jungle's help in some sort of problem. And the antagonist is almost always a different British colonizer. One of m- my favorite ones is a guy named Doctor Chicago, who who talks like a like a Chicago mob boss from the 1930s. Love it, love it. Oftentimes they're stealing some sort of animal, or they're like one time they had a British railway system and it, the tracks were stolen, and they had to go. So basically, doing like. Carmen San Diego henchman stuff? Yeah, yeah, like smaller problems. Okay. The very first episode, he finds his dog elephant Shep for the first time Aww. and becomes part of the show. And also, fun fact, um Ursula is the Jane equivalent, but 
in the pilot episode of the show, they call her Jane, and then they change it to Ursula (laughs) for the rest of the show. So, like, you know how we call this person Jane? It's Ursula. Ursula's the person. So just the original retcon? Yeah. Spooky scary. Something's in the woods. I find Ursula to be an interesting choice, considering, like... I assume Disney's Little Mermaid was already long in the the ether at this point. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, because Little Mermaid the movie was in the nineties. Yes, everyone. Eighties. And George of the Jungle was in nineteen sixty seven. Oh, okay. So the cartoon. Not then. So, for whatever reason, they felt like Ursula got. The it's just such a distinct name. It'd be an interesting choice. All right, this looks like a real lion. Are we allowed to drink? With real uh, apparently, th- uh, when George falls on the lion, it's very clearly a stuffed animal. So we're oh, going to be he watching comes. for that. Brendan Fraser. Oh, he's doing the yell, everybody. All right. <laughs> and there it is. All right, we got a crotch shot. That's we got a yodel yell, and I think we're about to get a stuffed animal. Oh, that's a double crotch shot. That's a double, yeah. <laughs> now, do we know if he did his own stunts in this movie? I'm assuming no. That's a it's it's well known that Brendan Fraser has a crotch of steel. So I th- I, I didn't want to make assumptions, no. but I agree. Uh, well, I'm hoping our man George, but we can't make any assumptions too early into the movie. So George's first official line is, when, br- when lion brush last? All right, he is spinning the lion very cartoonishly. <laughs> he referred to himself in the third person. That's a drink. Oh, that's drink. That's definitely a drink. Yeah. Now, fun fake fact of this movie is all these lines were ad-libbed by Brendan Frazier himself. <laughs> uh, not true, but I, I'd like to think it is. I'll be giving real facts off of the IMDb page, and then everyone is welcome to add fake facts. Here's my first real fact. Watch it for the tree. Oh. Oh, he hits a tree. Oh. No, she hit the tree. Ursula get most of that one. Number one. Now, 154 people found this helpful. It was after seeing this film that director Stephen Summers considered Brendan Fraser for the role of Rick O'Connell as in The Mummy. Wow. Inspirational. As a leading man, it seems. Um, anyone want to give a f- another fake fact to intersplice with these real facts? That looks uh, like a real It monkey. was upon seeing this film that Darren Aronofsky yes. knew that Brendan Fraser would be perfect for The Whale <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> um, in preparation for The Mummy, Brendan... Sorry. Brendan Fraser. Did I say that right? 
Fraser. Like Fraser. Razor, but with a P. Just, also. just uh, dub over it and make it sound like I knew what you I was saying. You got it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, in preparation for The Mummy, he buried himself alive for six months. Well, that sounds like a fun fact for The Mummy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Are we only doing fun fake facts for this movie? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Sorry. Um, Don't worry. I'll give you time to think about it with one real fact. 161 people found this one helpful. Brendan Fraser's personal trainer for this film sued Fraser for not mentioning him in the credits. The trainer did not win the case. I feel like Brendan Fraser's not in charge of that. I guess that, that does beg a question. Who gets credited? Where do you draw the line? Because if, you're, if your sports coach could, which he didn't, who else do you think asked? The barista that served him coffee in the morning? The I mean, they are, there's always, like, assistant to Mr. Fraser, assistant to Ms. Mann. Do those get credited? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're just I- – if he was a fitness assistant, maybe – Maybe it's a union thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes with sense. all this talk of unions going on right now. Solidarity with SAG if they decide to go on strike. This is real like Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse vibes, which I also watched on a video cassette as a child. And now we have an, a- an ape named Abe. An ape named Abe. He nailed that banana retrieval. (laughs) These sound effects are impeccable. So the the cartoon uh, goes similar to all of this. For some reason, they call upon George of the Jungle to solve their problems because of his superhuman strength, but he is completely inept, which is where all the jokes come from. And so it's Ursula and an ape named Ape uh, they are the ones who are, like, basically trying to solve the problem. And, like, George, like, accidentally helps the problem by, like, running into things or s- saying silly stuff. So precursor to Inspector Gadget. Exactly. Where Penny and Brain are the ones who do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the team. Those tropes. Help come up with plans and such. And then George will, like, attempt to do it well, but accidentally do it in some other fashion. Ape is voiced by John Cleese. John Cleese. One of them, Monty Pythons. <laughs> In order to revive Ursula, George tenderly uh, seemed to like sponge off her boobs. <laughs> the first time he's noticing her boobs, because he's been under the impression that this is a man. Because he's never seen a woman before. I see. This is also a woman, and no one else cares about this, but this woman has awoken with perfectly diffused curls. Yes. Um, Her makeup's totally fine. But the curls are truly impressive. They are. Curly girl dream. I will say, for 1997, the ape animatronic face, pretty expressive. 
Yeah, oh, mm. nope, nope, that doesn't hold up. George just licked Ursula on the cheek. One hundred and sixty-eight people found this tip helpful. During a 2019 interview on Busy Tonight, co-star Leslie Mann confessed that she developed a real-life crush on Brendan Fraser during filming and ultimately fell in love with him. Fake fact. That is the first and only time that co-stars have fallen in love <laughs> on a set. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else just consummate professionals. <laughs> they know boundaries. They know everything. Oh boy! You won't believe it. There's more fake facts or real facts. <laughs> there's uh, there's really more fake facts. There's probably too many of these, but I like this one. 169 people found this one helpful, and six people found it unhelpful. The ground in the jungle was made out of mashed potatoes. Does that anyone think are that's Are you sure real? that's not one of the fake facts? That sounds absolutely fake. I I hate to disagree. The entirety that. of the ground. That's so many potatoes. My that seems like a very. I don't know. My fake fact for this real fact is that's a real jungle floor. Cause I mean I don't know what else to make up. So the whole reason that we're doing this is because the uh, song is on the album. Would you like to know some fun facts about the theme song yeah, from George well. and the Jungle? Okay. Now, I don't have your fun facts of, like, what track number it is or how long it is. Dude, so I didn't even research that. So you'll have to forgive me on those <laughs> interesting things not being included. Okay. So um, the songwriting team is Sheldon Allman, who is the lyricist, and Stan Wirth who is the composer, musical composer. Um, the duo, in part or in whole, uh, were big on game show themes in the 70s, including Let's Make a Deal, Masquerade Party, and It Pays to be Ignorant. Now, Let's Make a Deal is a popular enough uh, game show, but Chris, I hear that you know exactly how the game show Masquerade Party goes and justine i've heard that you're a big fan of it pays to be ignorant so you're gonna have to walk us through how that one goes yeah so masquerade party it's all in the name right um they choose a random victim i call them contestants <laughs> um they uh they hire 100 exactly 100 paid actors to be in masquerade attire for 100? yeah 100 um, and then they allow the person to enter the party. It's a fake party. It's a, it's a immersive experience. And uh, you have exactly 60 minutes to find which masqueraded person is your uh, your mother. <laughs> for and if you find <laughs> if you find out, you get a thousand bucks. That's what yeah. Wow. It's a it's a great show. Sixties, yeah. Thousand bucks went far. Yeah. Justine, your game show? Yeah, yeah. Um, it pays to be ignorant. Um, just a, a, a great time. Um, it's a bit of a, a scavenger hunt. Mm. Um, what you have to do is you have to go around to your neighbors mm -hmm. um, and knock on their doors. And um, you just spring trivia on them. Oh. Um, and then uh, depending on how they respond to you, 
um, <laughs> you you rob them because oh. uh, you, that's how you get paid. <laughs> so and this is all filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and Ashton Kutcher is heavily involved. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> nice. Anyway, those are the <laughs> those are the shows uh, for which um, Sheldon and Stan wrote um, their other perhaps famous work. Um, did you know, gang, that the original character of George of the Jungle is based off of this guy named George Eifman, who was uh, Mr. Universe back, I think, before Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Universe? Well, I think like the like the cartoon shape, like the the visuals of. Now, Andy, anytime you ask a question, you're going to need one of these microphones in front of you, or else it's going to be confusing. So I'm not asking you again. Well, uh, the audience will infer whatever the question was. Um, the voice of George of the Jungle was by Bill Scott, who also did Bullwinkle and Dudley Do-Right. Um, Dudley Do-Right, also played by Brendan Fraser in the live-action movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. What a coinkadinks. Yep. I think he for a while there he got typecasted as a dum-dum. Dudley Do-Right, George of the Jungle, Encino Man, Man, Airhead, um, uh, Blast from the Past, kind of. He's not dumb. He's just naive. Mm. Um, uh, the one with the devil. Uh, bedazzled. He's like a naive in that one. Yeah. He's just got a nice boy face. Yeah. Crash, because he decided to be in that movie. <laughs> burn. Brendan Burn. Brendan Burn. Or mostly a crash burn. Stan Worth, who is the composer for the original song, uh, has an album that came out in 1964, and I listened to a chunk of it today. It's called The Worth Is Yet To Come, because his last name is Worth, and it's a play on The Worst Is Yet To Come. I get it. But it's The Worth Is Yet To Come. Does everyone get it? It's a play on Worth. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I gotta get this slow cap. Good, yes, good. He also wrote, he composed some original songs for this 1978 horror movie uh, called The House of the Dead, which apparently is not very good, and I haven't watched any of it, but he wrote the original songs for it, and I watched that part. It's in the opening credits. This concludes pretty much all of the facts that I have, and we have a lot of time left in this film. Uh, Fake fact about that last fact. Um, (laughs) House of the Dead... Uh, flopped in the box office because, in fact, no one was dead or died in the movie. <laughs> That's a great thing. Nor did they die in a house. Mm-hmm. There was no house. Yeah. yeah, it was a field. There was no house. So you're saying people died in House of the Dead, but it was in a field? Absolutely. Also, I should say that the monkey uh, was just doing George's yodel call. So does that count as a drink? Yeah. No. <laughs> Justine say no. says no. Now we're going to say no. If, and if George Takayas didn't hear a movie, you're real upset. Oh, yeah. Uh, the TV show has the um, overconfident, like official sounding narrator. It is, in fact, probably the character that speaks the most in any one particular episode is the, the plot device of the narration. 
Swing, swing, swing. He is a big dreamboat, so I would probably also be falling in love with him if I was to spend 18 hours a day with Brendan Fraser and he doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, no shirt, but long hair, those eyes. (laughs) Eyes, both eyes. (laughs) Both eyes. Love a man with both eyes. I'd also like to point out that, you know, he he speaks in that stilted Tarzan, uh, you know, that cadence or whatever, but he's not, like, doing any kind of voice, if yeah. that makes sense. He's not, he's not, like, trying to sound like an ape, so it just sounds very weird. Because mm. he talk like this with no other kind of inflection. He sound normal, but missing grammar. Right, yes. It just doesn't work. Now, this is an interesting music choice for his swinging because I was expecting a Phil Collins song. <laughs> a Phil Collins cover of The Man on the Flying Trapeze? Yes. Yeah. No, funnily enough, that was a fake fact. That was Peter Gabriel singing <laughs> to keep the Genesis uh, alive. Never mind. Little known fact, George Takei is in the movie and he was in one of those gorilla suits having fun. Uncredited, but fun nonetheless. He also sued. (laughs) 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 Oh my. (laughs) The production designers added an automatic juicer, elevator, love seat swing, comfy hammocks, in running water in George's treehouse. How much do you think that goes for in terms of rent? Well, a juicer doesn't... I don't know if they're tracking that. The the juicer of it all. Furnished, right? Comes furnished? (laughs) Yeah, it's It's like, yeah, all real estate agents are like, all right, so you had to... Two bed, two bath. You have a juicer mm, in mm-hmm. the kitchen and in one of the bathrooms. That's right. Uh, what I need to know to really determine um, how valuable this piece of property is, is how many cup holders does it have? <laughs> how many cup holders does the house have? Yeah. Cup <laughs> Yeah. Not places to put cups, no, like no. counter space, <laughs> <laughs> but cup holders. Cup holders. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe no cup holders. <laughs> Ooh, see, and that's why you get a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask these kind of questions. <laughs> and then as soon as you need a cup holder, you're like, ah, oh, they really You don't think me. about it. You don't think about it. But uh, be helpful. You want to read this real fact? It's got 69 likes on it. That's pretty cool. I think the fact that we're calling I these real facts is a bit of a stretch in and of itself. <laughs> these are internet facts. These are very uh, loosely accepted as facts. <laughs> Did you say it had 69, 69 people found it helpful? Great. 69 people found this helpful. Two people found this not helpful. Dana Olson's screenplay began as a spec script titled Gorilla Boy, Olson's nickname for his son. While shopping the screenplay to the studios, he intentionally avoided Disney because he knew that they had the film rights to George of the Jungle and figured they wouldn't be interested in another Tarzan-type spoof. As it turned out, 
Disney didn't have a script for the movie and happily looked at and bought Olsen's story. Real if fact. that's a real fact, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to choose to believe that it's fun yeah, so that I you can't have fun? I, or are you gonna <laughs> I think I'm going to choose to believe that one. Okay. I think I like that in my universe as a, as a true fact. <laughs> Let it be told here, everyone, that you can feel good about yourself as long as you choose to believe <laughs> things that sound enough like facts to you. Yeah. And uh, we away. call that, uh, it pays to be ignorant. It pays <laughs> to be ignorant. I do have a question. At w- What inflection is Dana Olsen using when she calls her son Gorilla Boy? Because that's a very important, it could be a very endearing nickname. What inflection? Yeah. Like, how where is the emphasis? <laughs> yeah. Gorilla Boy versus, oh, Gorilla Boy. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> I thought you were talking about... Gorilla boy, Gor- oh, gorilla, gorilla boy, like a 1930s bell. Hey, gorilla boy, <laughs> come over here. I got a dime for you. It's very important. I need to know. Should we call Dana up? Kiss, kiss, <laughs> kissy, kiss, kiss. Up, oh, romantic, music, romantic playing. music playing. Up, oh, and this is where George goes to the ape mating ritual moves that an ape named Ape taught him. Oh. And that includes puffing out the cheeks, looking like he's going to vomit, showing teeth. Also, it said in the closed captioning, romantic music plays. Yeah, it's... N- w- it's <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Um, oh, gosh. Uh, the Mr. Bum... Uh, the Shaggy song. This song is by Shaggy. Oh, was that bombastic? Yeah, which isn't. I wouldn't really describe that as a like a swelling romantic score. <laughs> it's okay, bud. Oh, he's got real Jesus locks going on right now, <laughs> and like the tunic going on here. Excuse this silence. We are watching <laughs> George learn bad pickup lines. I wonder if John Cleese made the gorilla noises too. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, both of their hair is immaculate, and I would think it'd be very humid. In that jungle. They were just in water, everyone. And now, once again, her curls have been perfectly diffused. That takes time. Let me tell you, this house comes with a juicer. I did not see a single diffuser. Mm. Um, nor did I see her hunched over with her hair in a little bowl for a solid hour. So, <laughs> just saying. Just saying, everyone. Cutting room floor. Cutting room floor. This film was released in 1997, which marked the 30th anniversary of the original cartoon. Yep. For all my math nerds out there. (laughs) Some scenes filmed for this film. What? Some scenes filmed for this film, but not part of the final product, include George rescuing Ursula from a quicksand pit. Ursula diffusing her hair. (laughs) Ursula diffusing her hair. Uh, George diffusing a bomb. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> Who's George, really there? No. George, along with Beatrice's dog Coco, exploring the mall, and Lyle returning from jail with a shaved head and an eye patch. What? Those are the words that I said. Okay, now the apes, the other apes. They're doing romantic music. <laughs> More romantic than the, the Shaggy song. With their bongos. Oh, like they're judging you. It's a great lesson. If you don't want to feel judged, step one, remove yourself from society. <laughs> step two, he did it. <laughs> step three, he has a movie about him. Oh, you know how we had that fun endeavor with the uh, subtitles? This fact says, after being added to the Disney Plus streaming service, the subtitles used for the Swahili-speaking characters were replaced with optional closed captioning. The original subtitles for George's ape talk, though, were entirely left out. Wow. How many people like that fact? 16. That was not a very popular fact. So does that mean there was, like, there's dialogue in this film that is just lost to the ages? That was once captured through those subtitles? I think if you own a DVD copy, you might be safe. So okay. hold on to your physical media, everyone. Okay. Don't rely on these companies to hold your goods in the cloud. Because if you trust them for that, boy howdy, they're going to really rake you over the coals. And then you won't know what George is saying when. Let's all go around and take a guess at what George was saying when he made his grunty noises. Okay. I don't want to start. <laughs> no, you don't want to start? <laughs> he said, um, my studio jungle apartment is also equipped with uh, blow-drying accessories. See, and that would have, right there, see how we lost such a, a beautiful piece of realism in this film. Yeah. I heard the line was, God damn it, nobody pronounces my last name correctly. Which they actually took out because of the profanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I heard the line was, I'm going to go away for a long time. <laughs> and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> and there will be a phrase for songs. I won't go into the reasons why he went away. They're sad. Um, those were all good guesses. Oh, but you have the real one? Yeah, the, the reality That's why I didn't want to go first. situation... Um, is that he said, uh, George Takei will never see a dime for this role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brendan Fraser and George Takei, very notoriously enemies. <laughs> oh. oh, a man has just fallen into poop. A lion fell into poop. That's mashed potatoes. <laughs> that, oh. that poop is mashed potatoes. Okay, and see, that makes sense to me. I If, if they had paved the entire set in mashed potatoes, it just seems like so many potatoes. I love these random cutaways to various apes and monkeys just laughing at the humans. We have no basis for knowing that they are in the scene already. They just cut to them. Fine. Yeah. 
Did you know? We just saw Swahili and there was no subtitle for it. I don't have an answer for you. That's fine. (laughs) 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 You are forgiven. Thank you. He just screamed Ursula's name. Did you know? Ursula and her parents in this film are slash were weird residents of San Francisco, California. Wow. Well, it's nearby this place. It sure is. That was until Ursula married George. Spoiler alert. Coincidentally, San Francisco is Leslie Mann's actual hometown. Fake facts. Um, George actually also lived in San. F- this jungle's in San Francisco as well. Oh. It's in Land's End. Um, sure. Not many people see this section. Sure. It's closed off. So Brendan Fraser auditioned for the role of the animated Tarzan to be his voice. But that part went to everyone's favorite actor, Tony Goldwyn. Mm. We all know our favorite Tony Goldwyn movies. Tarzan. Yep. Tarzan. the Probably Tarzan 2. Tarzan 2. Keep Tarzan. Yeah. Uh, Ghost. Ghost, because we all know who he plays in Ghost. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. He's the bad ghost. He's the president on Scandal. Oh, oh, all right. That's all I know. Okay, good. He's in other things. Oh, great. Lyle's gaslighting. This is the classic gaslighting move by Lyle. Now we're watching an elephant scratch its ear, which is a move by a lot of production studios to make dogs out of animals which are not dogs and dear them to the audience, right? Yeah. In the uh in the cartoon, th- one of the runny jokes is that um George thinks that the elephant is a dog and is confused when people call it an elephant. I have a question. Uh how does George have a concept of what a dog is? <laughs> are great i've been wondering the same thing and concept of what anything is because he was lost as a as an infant i don't know there's a gun there's a tiny gun it went off to distract from the question that doesn't have an answer oh there's a whiteout that's the end of the movie the whiteout part of the movie okay (laughs) narrators You can tell that Ursula's been through some trauma because her sleeves are rolled up almost to the ends <laughs> of her fingers. <laughs> and she and she's wearing black. And she's wearing black. And I think she was she had a cup of tea earlier. 
Wait a second. Okay, I did not catch that. The poachers' names are Max and Thor. Max and Thor. Which do you think is which? I'm going to say Max is the rockabilly guy, and Thor is the larger dude. You'd be surprised. In that I'm right or in that I'm wrong? I don't know. Okay. Now, what I'm going to be wondering is, and when Ursula takes George out of the jungle, what illegal process <laughs> does she have to go through to claim a man or give him an identity um, for him to actually go anywhere, right? He well, she was on a private jet, which probably means they're landing in not a commercial airport, but you still got to go through customs? I think you're still <laughs> required to. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, they go to San Francisco and they're like, Fun no. fact. <laughs> Fun fake fact. If you can afford a private jet, you can just go anywhere and nobody checks anything. Um, no, the reason they took the private jet is because uh, uh, Ursula actually has standby privileges and would have flown standby with George, but he refused to get a passport. <laughs> hey now everyone <laughs> this sounds a lot like someone's real life also this car phone love it we should have car phones so now we got a classic fish out of water everybody and George is the fish you know it's actually kind of refreshing to see this trope flipped on its head with the himbo you know cause like we see a lot of this like infantilized sexy woman who's basically a child uh in a relationship with a, a man ex discovering the world for the first time um and i don't know uh it's kind of gross regardless but at least this time it's it's a man <laughs> this is actually now that it's nighttime you'll notice that ursula brings george onto a magic carpet and starts singing him a song about showing him all the ways of the world oh yeah yeah I would like to establish that Jasmine is not an infantilized character and is actually very intelligent and independent. I don't watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> now, what building do you think they're standing on, everyone? As we're all experts of um, San Francisco. That is the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> They're exactly at 326 Steiner. Um, you can tell by um, the proximity to uh, Transamerica Pyramid and uh, the angle to Coit Tower. Obviously nice there. And it's hard to see, but poking around the corner is your friend, Stephen, and you know his address. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's Stephen here. Are we going to pass the Bechtel test, everyone? Nope. Nope. <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> See, there's almost an identical scene in Enchanted, but it's, again, uh, a sexy, confused woman. Enchanted. Oh, 
because uh, Amy Adams is the fish out of water that That's came right. to the city. That's right. And she's like, the magic water place. And she's mm. naked. And that came out after this film. It sure did. Like a whole decade after this film. Yeah, by, by quite a bit. She is stuck on him. Not as bad as Matt Damon and that other guy were stuck on each other in that film, Stuck on You, but pretty close. <laughs> Greg Kinnear. That, damn it, I was going to say that other guy, Tony Goldwyn. <laughs> but no, it was Greg Kinnear. Do you know how that movie ends? I've never seen it. I've, I haven't seen all of it, but it ends with they get separated, and Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear is on like doing a Broadway musical with Meryl Streep. Oh wow. And it's actually Meryl Streep and it's terrible. Oh. Wait, is it funny that it's terrible or is it terrible that it's terrible? Both. Oh, okay. All right, now he's out on the street and he's wearing a fun straw hat. And yeah. also a nice sundress. Shows off his gams. <laughs> Ooh, they're in the what building, everyone? The big shiny cave for New George. Oh, this looks like the f- the financial district. Isn't that like Saks or something like that? Or Neiman Marcus? Yeah, so this Neiman Marcus there is at Union Square. And it wasn't always a Neiman Marcus from what I can recollect. It was actually uh, a, a store that specialized in bringing Paris-based goods to San Francisco. This is a real fact. <laughs> this, this this one is actually real uh if i rem- recollect yeah the store had a primary focus back when san francisco started it was very hard to get goods from europe specifically france paris sure san francisco had a rep for being the paris of the west and that store that neiman marcus is in uh they replaced the store there that was their whole their whole specialty was getting couture dress foods goods from france and they uh, they left the building as is and just re they kind of rebranded as Neiman Marcus when they bought out. And here's an elephant chasing its tail. <laughs> 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 yeah, take your intelligent commentary and get it the <laughs> f- out of here. <laughs> it's, it's San Francisco history. We're not here for San Francisco history. We are here for Georgia the Jungle. We're actually here for Weird Al-related content, but we're not doing that either, so... Oh, there's a huge amount of urine coming out of that elephant, and it's very funny. Oh, by the way, George was wearing uh, human human clothes. Uh, So take a drink if you haven't already. Whoa, he's juggling apples. (laughs) (laughs) he just yelled to the phone (laughs) that was pretty funny yeah i know we were kind of talking about uh typecasting with brendan fraser playing doofus holland taylor who plays ursula's mom typecast as the overbearing rich mother in so many films and so many television shows she's got that look yeah Father, played by Matthew Perry's dad. 
Mr. Perry? Mr. Perry. <laughs> Good. All right. So we've got... This is what I'm going to be doing starting Friday when I turn <laughs> in my keys for the school year. I'll be sitting and watching uh, commercials and eating donuts with my feet. You have to turn in your keys? Yeah. I don't, I'm not allowed to keep the keys over the summer, so I have to turn them in. Do you get the same classroom when the new year starts? I do, unless they change plans and they're like, "Whoops, we got you get to change your classroom." <laughs> All right, he's high on coffee. Anyone get the coffee shakes in this group? Don't drink coffee. I get the coffee shakes. I do not get the shakes. You're missing out. I I don't know if that's true, but um, you know what else is not true about this movie? Um, <laughs> that McDonald's ad that they just put on towel, um, that wasn't product placement. Uh, Brendan Fraser bought that himself, and he said, this is going to be in the scene or else I quit. <laughs> it's in his writer that <laughs> McDonald's needs to be in every scene or every movie. Uh, fake fact, uh, this episode of Weird Pals is brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, let that We're be a real fact. We're making big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, yes. he's going up the Bay Bridge, and apparently at some point there's a mannequin that's going to like hang down off the bridge, and it stopped traffic because people thought it was real, and it got on the news. There it is. The parachuter guy. That's not a mannequin, though. Well, that's not a mannequin, though. But this was like, the fact that cars are moving is a miracle because cars were not moving when this was happening for the most part. That's what I read and saw on an old-timey, old-timey, a 1997 uh, uh, news broadcast. Just did a fun little Shakespeare reference there. Oh, what do you say? To swing or not to swing. Nice. For the longest time, until probably six months ago, I was convinced this scene took place on the Golden Gate Bridge. And then I was made a fool. That's a Stanhope Bank. Do you think that's a real sign or a fake sign? Fake sign. But fake fact, mm. it's a real sign. It's interesting that they chose to make this happen on the Bay Bridge because I feel like almost every film only cares about the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I think that's interesting also. It might have something to do with the availability of getting to do it on the, gold, on mm. the Golden Gate. Because I definitely think if they had the option, they would do it, right? I like the choice. Oh, yeah? I feel much more a connection yeah. to the Bay Bridge. The Bay Bridge is our bridge. It's our bridge. It's I drive on that bridge at least five times a week. Now, Andy, the Golden Gate is your bridge? Yes. Sorry about this. That's fine. But uh, how frequently do you drive on the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, uh, probably same as you, at least five times a week. Because I drive to the city like almost every day. And he's a Marin boy. Yeah. Yeah. I retract my condescending statement. <laughs> and also, I except your attraction. You can see in the background 
15 years ago, the plane that uh, Huey Lewis and the News were flying in on to go to their uh, concert ah. music video we did a couple episodes ago. And we have a connection. <laughs> we have a connection. All right, gang, quick. Top 10 best scenes in movies that are on bridges. Do, uh, do, should we do one at a time? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the newest Planet of the Apes, they took over, I think, the Golden Gate, the Golden Gate Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, and it, it was not, a big Not the newest. Scene. It was, uh, I think that was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it was like the, the f- second, second one. one, right? Yeah. That's one. Oh, uh, there's a there's a uh, James Bond film with Jaws, the big guy with the metal teeth, and they're on a bridge, and I think he tries to bite through a cable or something. Mm-hmm. Two. Um, there's X Men Three, uh, The Last Stand, where Magneto actually tears apart the Golden Gate Bridge to lead it t- all the way to Alcatraz, and I'm pretty sure the measurements don't work. Three. Um. In the film Bridge to Darabinia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happened? Um, I actually don't know how much of that film actually takes place on the bridge. I think it's pretty transitory. Um, but uh, a child uh, discovers death, and it's very sad. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this wrong, but um, I think. Uh, the Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino had uh, Jeff Bridges, um, which is a famous bridge. This is wrong on so many layers. I think but that's we'll Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, I knew it. It's Kurt Russell. Yeah, Jeff Bridges was in True Grit. <laughs> um, uh, there is a um. Uh, in the film Terms of Endearment, some elderly ladies play bridge. I think that's six, maybe. Or five? Or six? Uh, six, that's it. Great. Um, in the film Bridge of Spies, uh-huh. the climax takes place on a bridge where they do a prisoner exchange. Ooh, seven. Um, I actually don't know if this is true at all. In The Graduate, they they drive on the Golden Gate Bridge at some point, right? Haven't seen it. So in the film The Graduate, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real true fact, uh-huh. um, right after they, they have the dramatic scene where they leave the church together and they're running away and it's all very romantic, but then they're in the back of the, the car or whatever and they're realizing, or the back of the bus, mm. and they're like, oh, what the fuck <laughs> did you just do? Yeah. Um, it's zoomed in on their faces, so you can't actually see their surroundings, but right. they are, in fact, driving over a bridge. I got you. That church uh, no longer exists. That church that is on the Golden Gate Bridge, where they ran out of. <laughs> but it was there in the 60s. This might be double-dipping on my answer of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, but the Golden Gate Bridge is featured in the 1980s Star Trek film, where they go to San Francisco... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have one. I have a real one. Steal it back. <laughs> Steal it back. <laughs> okay. In <laughs> The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're fleeing mm. in the mines of Moria, 
and uh, they're they're uh, they're running over this like very narrow little. It, I I don't. It's not all of it's a bridge. It's like a very narrow pathway. But then they are on a bridge portion, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um it, parts of it break, and then Aragorn has to like throw everybody mm-hmm. across the bridge. That's pretty fun. <laughs> and that's ten. We did it, everybody. Wow. Yeah, claps for us. <laughs> Was that ten? It, I feel yeah, like so. Cool. 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 All right, there's some people sitting on the couch. There's a real problem going on, but I'm not sure what it is. I think um, they're probably wanting her to marry the rich man. Lyle? (gasps) You caught a virus. years before the pandemic, everyone. That's right. She caught a virus. Viruses were very little known back in 1997. That's right. They weren't. Well, they were known. They just weren't a big deal. Yeah. No one cared. No one cared. Now, Andy, back to your point of um, Holland Taylor being a condescending mom. Uh, she had a really long stint being that character in Two and a Half Men. Yep. Charlie Sheen's mom. Which is and John Cryer's mom. I think that she was there for what eight years. I think she was there for the duration of the show. The whole duration. Yeah. Even after Charlie Sheen was booted. So, um, I did take a moment to look up the actual addresses of some of the locations (laughs) in San Francisco. Um, my friend Steve was not in any of these photos, but. There's 1201 Greenwich Street. Apartment number 500 is Ursula's apartment. And now we're looking at Mayor Willie Brown. That It's the actual Mayor Willie Brown. That's actually him? That's actually him. Wow. I always love it when their actual politicians uh, make cameos in films and actually have to act and read lines. He looks like he's a pretty decent actor. Which I was being worried about him as a politician. Oh... <laughs> What else is he trying to sell me? In 1997, I was no longer in California <laughs> and a child, but I would have been worried. Okay, I have two follow-up questions for you. Shoot. Uh, a, Yeah. do you feel Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good or a bad actor? And the, the immediate follow-up that is, how does that make you feel about him as a governing official? <laughs> I uh, uh, plead the fifth on... Only, th- only the second question. I think okay. he's not a very good um, actor. Uh, follow up. Uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of his films. <laughs> not a fan of his policies. Like the voice that Dana Carvey does, though. I would like to see an Arnold rendition of George of the Jungle. Mm, I feel like that George. is not even that far of a stretch from a reality that could have happened. Yeah. Could you do an impression of what his yell would sound like? Yeah, it sounds like this. <laughs> that's amazing, Justine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The Would resonance. You actually, okay. So I, w- I was, I was going kind of between two. So that was my A, but this is my my B option. <laughs> what do you think? I like the first one. Yeah. <laughs> the second one sounded a lot like he was like choking. Well, yeah. So again, I was just it's something I was playing with. <laughs> what are the other addresses you found? <laughs> <laughs> so. uh we have uh, 550 Montgomery, San Francisco, California. That is the location they use for Stanhope Bank. 
So the bank you see in the movie is a San Francisco bank. It, well. I don't know what real bank was there, but that's the address. Uh, when did the movie come out? Early 2000s. Uh, the movie Bandits with Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton and Kate Blanchett. Uh, filmed a lot in Marin and actually filmed at my dad's bank in San Anselmo and they like they put the sign up on the wall and I, it was just very big deal for like everybody in the in the oh town. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. So it's like fun to watch the movie and go like, <gasps> I've been in that building. It's about bank robbers. I'm wondering if if people saw the filming and thought there was a real bank robbery going on. Well, the way the bank robberies take place, they're very like stealth. And like take place like before the bank. It's not like oh, it's robbers like bursting in with guns. It's 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 very just kind. They they like s- they're the sleepover bandits. So they sleep over the bank manager's house the night before, and they're just really polite and basically hold them hostage. And then they take them in and they rob. I was a sleepover bandit in my younger days. I was invited to all of the sleepovers. Were you? Yeah, and they called me the sleepover bandit. Or did you sneak into all the sleepovers? No, I was invited. You were, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because that would have been inappropriate for me to just invade in on other sleepover sure. parties. And now that I'm thinking of it, I called myself the sleepover bandit. And I don't know if anyone else did. Uh-huh. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was very seldom not invited to sleepover parties. You were very seldom not? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it... <laughs> I wasn't at any sleepovers. That's okay. That's a lie. I hosted a sleepover. You were a scout. I Certainly scout. you slept over. Whoa, those were camping trips. Those weren't sleepovers. Those are men no. have camping trips. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I love Ronald Reagan's acting. The Fairmont Hotel, 950 Mason Street <laughs> in Knob Hill is also... Featured in this movie. <laughs> Nailed it. Stuck the landing. The Tukituki bird flew from Africa to San Francisco. Far. It is far. It's the farthest any bird's gone. Is that a real fact? Any bird. <laughs> but no, we already established that the uh, the jungle was in uh, n- wor- Land's End. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's actually not that not bad. Not that far. Not that far. Well, that's the, is, it, is it, it in Land's End in the movie or in real life? Yes. What <laughs> what premise are we going with? Uh, I don't know exactly what's happening, but George is is bestowing a what appears to be a tooth upon our sleeping Ursula, and now I think he's gonna, yeah, he's he's caressing a curl. Andy, do you know also in that episode that we did for Huey Lewis and the News, where the whole band was singing as loud as they could to a sleeping woman? It was more disturbing than that scene. Oh, George is running down Lombard. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Uh, Holland Taylor. She always speaks in like a, and not an English accent, but might as well be. It's interesting that even though they're not in Africa anymore, the posh, posh British character is the uh, antagonist of the film. It's like she's um, 
uh, invading her personal life instead of the British Empire invading a nation. A uh, fun fact, kids: if your parents are ever giving you a hard time, uh, you can just call them a colonizer, and they'll <laughs> shut them <laughs> up. <laughs> 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 I keep I, I keep accidentally cursing, and then you have to edit it out. I'm That's sorry. Fine. <laughs> <gasps> she loves him. I believe in love again. And the dad's supportive. Well, at least the woman is the evil person still. <laughs> Look how upset she is. She's so upset, she's going to take a shot of whiskey or brandy or something. And I'm pretty sure this is the morning. Yeah. Also... Uh, he just said, pain in the ass. So that's a pretty big word for a kid's movie. Uh-oh. Let's oh! <laughs> oh! Drink. <laughs> Every time there is a mild profanity. PG, yes. I think you get an allotment of, like, max three curse words for PG. There's, like, some threshold. <laughs> well, curse words, like, to what extent? I don't know. They For a PG. I think a PG-13, you get one. <laughs> you get one? Yeah. Oh. I th I think that's that's definitely how it was, but I always like think back to the movie As Good As It Gets, which has three. <laughs> three F-words, for those who don't understand beyond the bleep. But yeah, it's, it's very odd the way uh, this country treats profanity compared to other countries. So, uh... We just got a blatant product placement um he pulled on i think it, they said air on them but it, we zoomed in real good on his shoes and now he's doing a real good run this is the forrest gump moment of the movie the yes <laughs> yes the ping pong part all right so we got neville longbottom and who's the other guy <laughs> No, <laughs> it's just got the same kind of vibe. He he was. Actually, yeah, I, I just after I asked that, I realized how time works. <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 child that played the Neville could have been a full adult man. Yes, Matthew Lewis is a notorious Benjamin Button type. <laughs> All right, so we got a monkey in a cage. The two henchmen are trying oh, to. It's a primate. Everyone's a primate in the scene, I suppose. He hit his nosey. Oh, and, he, and then he farted. How many uh, farts do you get before you bump up to PG-13? That's a pretty good question. Seven. There's it's ten. It's ten. It's ten. According to the MPAA, it's ten. And it depends, like, what kinds of farts they are. If they're just, like, normal toots, I think you, you get, get away with more. But if they sound wet, yeah, then it's fewer. That makes sense to me. Little known fact, you get exactly one shart. <laughs> <laughs> one shart in a in a PG before if you get two, then it's PG thirteen. Absolutely, yeah. Is that uh, an audible shart or are visuals also allowed? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say audible. Well, you remember Lyle went face first into some dung earlier on. 
which we assume were the mashed potatoes. But, I mean, in the movie, it was poop. Now, I'm going to give you all a guess of where the jungle was actually filmed for a lot of these jungle film scenes. Not some of the, not where his house is, but uh, for some of the nature shots, just like when George was running through. Well, this is in the 90s, so I'm going to say Jurassic Park. <laughs> Andy? Hawaii. Justine? Hawaii is a good call. I'm also going to say Hawaii. Um, that is a really good guess because it is Kauai and Maui, Hawaii. Do I get points because Jurassic Park was filmed on Hawaii? I'm going to give you bonus points on that one. <laughs> awesome. There's a couple, about a minute ago, Ape said something about, have you tried the cage your rage technique when they were trying to pull the cage across in the jungle? And then I Googled it. You guys want to know what cage the rage means? It's an inmate's guide to anger control, a book by Murray Cullen. Mm. Inmates who can manage their anger and aggression create a more stable population and, in turn, a more secure facility. This self-study workbook helps offenders who have difficulty dealing with anger. Cage Your Rage examines what anger is, explains its causes, and offers way of managing it. Dot, dot, dot. It's a book from 1992. 92. Yes. When did this film come out? 97. Okay. <laughs> Do you so time continues to work in a way where yeah, it still makes the sense. previous things Good have job. happened and the f- things in the future have I, not I, I, Whenever you say dates, it's I it just like go Sure. And so um, I'm living in a, a world where everything could be anything. Well, you're a huge um, Kurt Vonnegut fan. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And notoriously in his books, time is uh, sort of a it's more very, fluid It's thing. very fluid. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, in that I've read some Kurt Vonnegut and have mixed feelings about him. Right. Huge Kurt Vonnegut fan. <laughs> Do you like his acting or his politics better? Mm, delicious, yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a mix. Can I venture to uh, include a... F- uh, I don't know if this is a fact. This is a quote, but a quote of the actual song cover. Yeah, please. Um, that this episode's about. Um, so I found this on weirdal.com. He has a, I'm sure you know of it. There's a list of his, uh, it's a compiled Q and a section. Someone who's a weird owl person should be holding the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. did not catch that in my peripherals. (laughs) And, uh, there's a question there that someone asked, uh, uh, Al, he, they asked, uh, when Disney made George of the Jungle with Renan Fraser, <laughs> why why didn't is they... It, is it written that way? Like, Fraser. Uh, yes, with the enunciation right. marks and everything. Um, why didn't they use your George of the Jungle song at the end of the movie? His uh, answer was, because this world just isn't fair, is it? And that's the only quote I could find. Yeah. Fun fact, it's on the soundtrack. Yes. Like you buy the CD and it's in there, despite it not being in this film. The one that's used in the film is the cover by the Presidents of the United States of America. Now, that's not a random selection of former U.S. presidents. That is a band. However, if you were to pick three U.S. presidents, because (laughs) the band does have three members, which three U.S. presidents would make the best band? 
Chris, I'll have you go first. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say um, Barack Obama would. He would be uh, playing the guitar. He just good at it. That's one president. You can't have a one president oh, band. You're gonna need. No, we're gonna need to have four different bands here. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, so on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be left with. <laughs> oh, can we repeat? <laughs> <laughs> can we repeat presidents? I can't. So on background vocals, I would have William Howard Taft. <laughs> I was gonna do Taft. <laughs> we all I had to. On the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what? Uh, percussions. I'm gonna say Jimmy Carter. He seems like a percussionist. So. Not just a drummer, but a percussionist. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go Theodore Roosevelt on drums because he carries a big stick. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um. Uh. Uh. Martin Van Buren. Uh, because he has really good musical chops. Mm-hmm. Notoriously, he has really big button chops. Sorry, we, we good. got it. We got it. We got it. Great, great, great. And um. And then uh, a John F. Kennedy because uh. The Dead Kennedys is the name of a band. (laughs) (laughs) I yield my time. (laughs) Okay. Um, Justine's looking up a list of presidents. I know for sure. I can I can sense that's what's on that phone. (laughs) No. (laughs) Everyone has their process, Tim. Let Justine do hers. (laughs) Um, Okay, three presidents in a band. Um. Gonna go with uh, Abe Lincoln is playing bass because mm-hmm. he kind he's got that tall, lanky bass player That's look. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, just a brief interlude about the movie. Uh, looks like Lyle is a Nazi. Great. Um, all right. So Abe Lincoln on bass. Um, oh well, uh, of course, uh, Bill Clinton on saxophone. Um, and uh. Okay, so lead vocalist and guitar player is going to be William Henry Harrison, but because he dies early, like a rock star usually does, uh, he's going to be replaced with uh, John Quincy Adams. Oh, you snuck in another president. I enjoy that move. And it was one I was going to use, so thanks, everybody. Um, (laughs) I really wanted Taft on the triangle because I think that would be very funny, but Taft was taken very early in the running. Um. There's fantasy president drafts for your band. Yeah, I you have to remember who everyone has already said. Um, okay, I want uh, Eisenhower as my front man because everybody likes Ike. Um, and you, you oh, want someone yeah. likable. Yeah. Um, who else is there? <laughs> um, did we already do uh, uh, JFK? Yeah. yeah, of course we did. Of course we did. No one has picked our first president. Washington? Well, he, what's he going to play? The what? teeth? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> he's going to play he's the gonna teeth. Play the teeth. <laughs> he's going to pull them out and he's going to do a little like... <laughs> oh, yeah, like the ribbed... Yeah. ribbed uh, yeah. uh, uh, um That's right. Instrument. <laughs> the ribbed instrument. The That's ribbed the instrument. One. Okay, so I got Washington. I got Ike. And... um. 
Uh, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, James Taylor. <laughs> yeah. What's he gonna play? <laughs> he's gonna um, you know, he's. I don't have a. <laughs> Did you say James Taylor? <laughs> you mean Zachary Taylor? <laughs> James Taylor's the musician. Zachary Taylor's the president. Yes, James Zachary Taylor <laughs> is gonna throw it down on the keys, and uh, that's it, everybody. Well, we did it. Nice. Well, there's a fight scene now between Ursula and Lyle outside of a cave, a real cave, not a building that was called a cave. He's kidnapping her by holding her hand. Uh, because she's a woman and is polite, she will not release his hand, mm. and therefore will fall to her death. Yeah, they're falling now. They're on a little water ride. Ooh. This is a ride at Disneyland that they just, they didn't want to fork over the budget for doing it. They're like, hey, how about, s- how about, w- what what is this back then? Uh, the Indiana Jones <laughs> ride. That looks like Hawaii right there. Splish splash. I am 80% certain that the location where they landed in the waterfall also used in Lost. <laughs> oh, also in Hawaii? Yes. Oh, he grabbed a snake. Uh-oh. Oh, he's fine. <laughs> what conflict in this script? He uses vines like I use the Bart. <laughs> where are the vines hanging from? Unclear. It seemed to be. Oh, he's wearing like a priest collar. Did he get ordained just to trap her into marrying him? Is that the plot that I'm. That would be incredible because he is in a priest costume and they are on a boat, which are like two of the, the things, right? Yeah. Like if you're a captain of a boat or if you're an ordained minister. I don't think that's what's happening, but I like that idea. Hold on, if you're a captain of the boat, you can marry people? At, at least according to every movie. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's so exciting. My dad's ordained. He, I think he did the online thingy. Sure. But if I owned a boat... I don't know if it counts if it's like a dinghy. Like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the law is. I don't like you using the word dinghy with friends in the present. <laughs> I don't want to respond <laughs> I I was gonna take the mic from Justine, but uh, it it doesn't matter anymore. I think a dinghy qualifies as a vessel. It's seaworthy. Yeah. It carries up to a maximum of four people, or two hundred and eighty pounds is my guess. Which are you reading that first. off a phone? No, he's not. No. Did you I say two hundred and eighty pounds? I'm saying whichever comes first. Four people yeah. across two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so like four preschoolers. <laughs> four <laughs> elementary school children. <laughs> <laughs> and that's they're already maxed out. They can't have oars. <laughs> so there's no address for this, but the scene where George is eating uh McDonald's on top of a trolley. Uh, that graphic was incredible. The coordinates is 37.792420 by negative 122.410646 if you want to look that up. This is really intense because he's now hanging off of a tree and 
the priest boyfriend is going into some sort of cave. He seems fine, though. Oh, he did it. He married them. Oh, no, he married the ape. Oh, did he accidentally marry the ape and now it's binding? Is that what's going on? I don't think you, even if you're ordained, can you marry yourself? I think it does have to be a third party. Pretty sure it has to be a third party, yeah. And also, I don't know if it counts towards accidental marriages, especially accidental marriages to non-humans. I'm going to guess no. Yeah. Oh, they're they're declaring their love and now they're going to kiss? Kiss, 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 kiss. They're kissing. They're kissing now. They are dry, which is upsetting because previously they were wet and that was more exciting. Okay, so now the ape named Ape is an ordained minister, it seems. Mm. Oh, they called her a San Francisco heiress. That's fun. Oh, there's a camel? That doesn't belong. <laughs> uh, Justine, how would you describe Brendan Fraser's hairdo? Uh, a halfback waterfall. Nice. Yeah. Now, do you... if? Uh, if he used a certain hair product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple I could recommend. Yeah. Um, he's he's a man of the earth, mm-hmm. um, so he might be into all natural products mm. um, and probably cares about conserving water for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, he might find himself interested in kitsch uh, shampoo bars and conditioner. Sure. Uh, made with uh, natural rice water protein and all natural ingredients. Um, so that's really going to, you know, prevent any hair loss for him. It's mm-hmm. going to see a lot of natural growth, um, and, uh, it's better, better for the environment. If, however, he finds that he needs a more customized, uh, shampoo experience sure. because he's struggling with, you know, specific oiliness. He's got a very fine hair type. He might be getting oily hair. Yeah. Um, so he might want to go online and take a little quiz, find out his exact hair type, take into consideration his environment, Factors like hard water and this the monkey's drinking champagne. Look at that monkey. <laughs> the monkey's drinking champagne. Uh, monkey, it's an ape. Pro's hair care. <laughs> That's a monkey. Isn't that a type of monkey? A chimp? Oh, it's my dad is calling. Oh, do you want to pause? Hello, him? dad. Yeah, okay. Hello, we, you'll never believe this. Okay, so wait, hold on. Okay, so are you there? I'm here. Okay, so I'm in the middle of recording a watch along to the 1997 film George of the Jungle for my Weird Al themed podcast show. Does that make a lot of sense? Yes, it does. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Excellent. It's the perfect entry point, I think, for either. No, is that the Brandon Fraser one? It sure is. Um, I'm oh. sorry. What was the name? Oh yeah, it's it, we've learned that it's Brendan Fraser. We've all been saying it wrong for decades. Well, he's still not that great of an actor, so I don't care. Burn, burn, wow. All right, we're uh, sorry, everybody. We, we paused without warning. Yes. Um, but we are resuming now at oh one, god, one twenty-five, twenty-eight. Did you like that when we said it slightly off from each other? Does that yes. make it easier for everyone? <laughs> okay, here we go. It's like basically just go return to the the big moment where Ape gets his Las Vegas show. 
because what this movie needed was a musical number by John Cleese. Sir John Cleese? Hey, Chris, give us some San Francisco facts. You want San Francisco facts? You know it. Um, I'm hungry. Well, a uh, fun fact about San Francisco, um, it is a, uh, s- I think, seven by seven miles in terms of... I knew that. Yeah. I heard that. But I, what I want to know is, does that account for hills? Is it seven by seven, like, if you cut straight through everything? Or is it, like, if a hill goes up and then down, are we counting oh, all that surface space? Adding a little more surface yeah. area. I think it's just uh, top down, seven by seven. But it includes parts like the Farallon Islands, which are off the coast, um, but still owned by the city. So does that mean they're called the 49ers because 7 by 7? Or are they called the 49ers? Is that just a coincidence and the 49ers has to do with the gold rush and everything? Um, yes. I'm certain they are named for the gold rush, but I love that connection. Because yeah. that's much more San Francisco. Because the, the 49ers thing is like kind of Sacramento-y, I would think. Yeah. Um, mm. interesting. Nice. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. The 49ers are a geographically, uh, a mathematically named team. And the Athletics are called the Athletics because, um, they're from Athens. <laughs> <laughs> now, the outro music they're <laughs> using for these credits are by the, what, what do you say, the president's? Of the United States of America, right. um, which isn't the proper song they should be using, in my opinion. But I'd also like to say that the credits, as Disney Plus is wont to do, have shrunk into not exactly the bottom right corner, but above it. Uh, and we're seeing a screen grab for George of the Jungle 2, which was released in 2003 in the summary of Disney Plus reads is uh george must rescue his family then save the jungle from becoming mulch and that's so much to do cannot tell who's playing george i know it's not brendan fraser but his face is squished up against the screen like uh like it's glass comes in at a tight 129 Rated PG, so we know it has uh, <laughs> at least... No more than <laughs> 10 <laughs> farts <laughs> and one juicy shark. <laughs> I think this cover of uh, by the President of the United States of America is longer <laughs> than the Weird Al cover. Because I'm pretty sure the Weird Al cover is only like, I don't know, 48 seconds. 48 seconds? That's pretty short. Special effects done by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Gotta love that tom-tom sound. Mike Scanlon was the lead mechanic. Key grip. I think we missed that. (laughs) Was key grip listed? Probably. Uh, key grip is what you do when you're, like, trying to get into your apartment and, like, you keep, like, you just can't quite get your key into the lock and you really gotta, you gotta kind of heighten down on that key grip. on it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe you've had, like, two beers and so you're, like, a little fumbly. Like, you're fine. But, like, it's embarrassing if anyone's watching. Yeah. 
Like you yeah. want to just get it over with, but it's taking long. It's taking it too long, and then you're overthinking it. Yeah, that's a key grip. Still credited, not the coach though. Man, man or woman or uh, just person, something with keys, but not coach. Yeah. Yep. 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 To correct myself, the length of the Weird Al cover is a minute and five seconds. Um. Okay. We don't appreciate lying on this podcast. This is a place for honesty and truth and real facts. I wasn't and lying. And also face facts. I was just giving fake, a fake, fake It was facts. a fake fact I was giving. So it wasn't a lie. It was a fake fact. Okay. But you have to preface fake facts by saying they're fake facts. That I will apologize for. Okay. And we accept your apology. Thank you. Now I... Uh, I do have a question for um, our dear podcast hosts. Um, is there a known reason why in this album did Weird Al cover the 1960s cartoon theme song? Not that I personally could find. So it's just... I just the, the, the little fact that uh, you read from Ask Al, that was like pretty much the extent uh, that I could find when I researched this. Wow. So yeah. it, you just put it in there? Just put it no in. Who knows? Um, as someone who's not very familiar with like how the music industry works, is there any sort of regulation if you're like a person producing an album to be like out in the world and purchased, like doing covers? Like, it, does can you just do that, it, or does anyone gonna like come at you and be like, you covered this without my permission? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, like with Weird Al, when it comes to parody, like he's protected under parody laws, so he doesn't necessarily need permission, but he likes to get permission. Because uh, he is a respectful gentleman, um, I think when it comes to like just doing covers, I mean the original authors of the song, they are going to get paid, no matter what, because they wrote the song. They probably hold the the copyright or anything. So you probably do need some form of, of permission in order to be like, hey, I want to do this. Um, and I think uh, that probably even goes with playing songs live uh, for like at least for you know like mainstream bands. Because they have to like write it down on their set list, and because um, I think if 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 I recall correctly, like you got to play, uh, you got to pay like for every like play on the radio because you got to mark down everything. Just like mm. I played this, so hand it off to like some accountant, and they like give seventy five cents to the artist. Right. Um. So I'd imagine something's uh, similar when it comes to live. Yeah, but I feel I like know. there's like so many degrees of like sampling to covering yeah that too when you sample like directly sample like put someone's stuff in your stuff when like you do like what miley cyrus just did where she like basically repurposed an existing song yeah um and like wrote over it to i don't i don't know the person who would know about this is yeah he's just walked into the room with a bag of baby carrots yeah (laughs) (laughs) the 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 snack of champions i forgot this bit that i was gonna do which was offer snacks but they're the crunchiest snacks for a podcast episode. And so now I've done it here at the end. What were we talking about? Um, I was asking Andy for his expertise on the rules about covering songs. Okay. Um, like do if you're gonna if you're like not just like a you know, like a small garage band, but if you're like a legitimate selling your music person. Yes. Uh, I- and you want to cover a song? Do you have to like get some kind of permission for that? I- is anyone going to come at you if you don't? So, you have to register songs two different ways: the recording of a song and the composition of a song. 
So if you're doing a cover, you can get the money for the recording, but you have to give away the money for the composition. Mm. So you make like half the money on a cover, basically. Okay. Um, and they will come after you if you make money. That's sure. the only time that they'll be like knocking at your door. Does that apply to like live renditions too? Yes. If it's someone else's work, they will uh, has, be compensated. Has Britney Spears or Lizzo ever come at you and been like, hey, you've been singing our songs at your shows and I we want a cut of your $5? I haven't told any of you this, but I often have litigious conversations with Taylor Swift and Lizzo and um, Britney. Britney Spears. And uh, four years ago when there was a different song... Elsa from the musical <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> Elsa. Yeah. Oh, that's that's dangerous territory because she'll freeze you. Yeah, and we're and we're <laughs> not talking we're not talking Adina Menzel or Adele Zim. We're talking Elsa. <laughs> the Elsa. The Elsa. Elsa. She's the original performer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow, you live an exciting life. Thank you. Speaking of exciting lives, we all have to be going and living those. Mm. Um, Justine Sizemore. Yes. Thank you so much wasting yet another one of your evenings on this podcast you haven't yet done it with andy though i've not that's exciting you've got was the experience good it's been good it's okay. been can i crunch on a carrot i would feel excited i to like how you avoided the rest of that answer i said i said i had a good time <laughs> i i enjoy andy andy is fun andy's a charming man um justine is there any creative endeavors you do in the world mm. what people know about there's an ASMR episode. It's a great bit. Chris, have a baby uh, carrot. Yes. Um, please follow Industrial Kitchen Improv on the Instagrams. Um, we try to do shows at Clarion Performing Arts Center every six to eight-ish weeks. We don't have a show in the books at the moment. Um, however, we are... What, do we have anything coming up? No, it's chew into the microphone. We ha- I think we have a Thunderdome. I don't know if we need to... P- that'll certainly not have happened, but or like that'll be mm-hmm. gone and over by the time this uh, episode comes out. We, um, we probably match. crushed it. I don't even know if I'm going to go. I might. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I love the commitment. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think uh, otherwise you'll see us just around the bay just doing around. random shows. Uh, follow shows. the Insta. That's the, that's the push. Yeah. Industrial Kitchen Improv. It's fun times. It's good times. We have funny people. Yeah, and look out for uh, Improv Test Kitchen, which comes about once a month. Yeah. Or every six eh, weeks. Uh, you know. When we feel when like we it. Like, get off our back. We'll get yeah. to it. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> let us live our lives. Hey, you know what I said? That? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll get off your backs. <laughs> uh, Andy, next episode, we're going to be covering a different song on the album of Dare to be Stupid. This, this is probably true. not this one. It's probably a different one. And we've no doubt probably already recorded it. What do you think it is? Well, way to l- ruin the illusion. Sorry. We will be talking about slime creatures from outer space. Oh, we're even going to have a space expert on the yes. show. Wow. How exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that portmanteau? Oh, I just said you're going to have a spexpert. Good. Excellent. Better the second time. Listeners, uh, thank you for uh, bearing through this episode. We <laughs> hope you enjoyed. We're going to watch George of the Jungle 2, <laughs> <laughs> made in 2003. It's an hour and 29 minutes long. 
Um, we do have to close the Tim, show. Tim, they know all this. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't need to mansplain to you, uh, listeners. <laughs> they they were told all of this a good ten minutes ago. Oh man, <laughs> you're having so much more fun on this side of the wall. Um, uh, we need to get out of here, everyone. We uh, we have one last thing to say before we go. Bye. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>